What is going on, everybody? How are you doing? It is Wednesday, the day after Valentine's Day. Hope everyone had a good and happy Valentine's Day with their loved one or their significant other or whoever you love or whatever made you happy on Valentine's Day. But anyway, how's everyone going? It is Boxman. It is Wrestling Outlet. It is Wednesday night. And I am here. Uh, right now, it's just me. I'm not quite sure. Smart may call in later. If he does, you know what we do. We'll get him on here live. I know you guys love when I do the technical stuff live. It's always so much fun for you. But, um, folks, I was trying to wait on my wife to get home. She's not home yet. She was doing stuff with the uh, with my one of my kids for scouts. She is not home yet. But... Um, so we may get interrupted by a three-year-old. You know, she always likes to say hi, but we may get interrupted tonight by a three-year-old. Um, I might have to get up and do something. I know that'll be absolutely horrible for everybody uh, listening, but I may have to get up and do something if I need to. My wife should be home any minute. She said she was just leaving, but uh, I decided I was going to go ahead and start this bad boy since uh, everybody's around here and um, I don't want anybody waiting anymore. So I decided, what the hell, I'll get started. But, um, hey, what the hell? Got the uh, got the power slap going on behind me. This, this, this is so bad. This, this, it's, I was watching the, a little bit of when they were in the house and they're all fighting and all that bullshit. And it's such a bad show. It's just really such. I'm sorry, it's just such a bad show. But anyway, um, we will keep our ears open for Smart calling in. If he does, we'll get him on the line. Otherwise, I uh, hope you all don't mind just talking to me for a little while. We'll uh, sit back. We'll have a beer. Cheers to all. Beers and cheers. We'll have a beer. We'll relax. We'll talk some wrestling. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we do have a... Sorry, I thought I heard my daughter crying, but when everyone comes in, y'all are going to get interrupted by dogs barking. You can probably hear the whistle in the background. My daughter, just having fun. But um, she'll be okay out there for just a little while. Nothing out there that she can get into that's going to hurt her. And my wife should be home any minute. Um, so that'll be fine. But uh, anyway, unfortunately, we do have uh, a death to get into. Um, I don't know if it was late yesterday or this morning, we found out that, <laughs> what a whistle, we found out Jerry Jarrett, uh, has passed away at the age of 80, um, Dutch Mantel actually is the one who put that out there this morning, um, talking about Jerry Jarrett said that he literally just, you know, saw him a few weeks ago, uh, he said, sad news I'm hearing. Reports of my friend and longtime booker, promoter, Jerry Jarrett, died this morning in Tennessee. I saw him last year when we did the Vice Show, the Territories in Atlanta. Very creative booker. Condolences to Jeff, Deborah, and the Jarrett family. Um, Jerry Jarrett, a lot of uh, a lot of accomplishments. Uh, not just in rest, not just wrestling, but as far as being. Um, a promoter as far as doing other stuff in wrestling. Um, give you guys a few highlights here. If you guys don't mind me reading off a few of those bad boys for you. Um, 
he was the co-founder of the Continental Wrestling Association. Uh, 1977, Jared, uh, Jerry Jarrett co-founded the Continental Wrestling Association, the CWA, in Memphis, Tennessee, along with Jerry Lawler. Uh, they became a pretty, pretty significant promotion out there in the southern United States. Um, people like Lawler, Jimmy Valiant, Austin Idol. Uh, he also worked with the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, back in the early 80s. He uh, worked with the NWA, promoting wrestling shows out in Tennessee, and was also on NWA's board of directors. And my daughter is coming in with a whistle. Let me try to see if I can. Can you go? Can you go? Can you close my door for me? Thank you so much. No more whistle, okay? Quiet whistle, okay? Oh, very good. It's a very quiet whistle. Thank you. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My wife should be home in a few minutes. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get back to Jerry. Jared here. We're talking about NWA. Um, he also served on the NWA Board of Directors. Uh, created the USWA, the United States Wrestling Association, 1989. He created that uh, company after he after the CWA merged. Uh, we talked about the CWA, Continental Wrestling Association in Memphis. After they merged with the World Class Championship Wrestling Promotion, uh, and then the USWA was born again. You had Lawler, Jeff Jarrett, and even Brian Christopher uh, was uh, was part of that promotion. He also co-founded Total Nonstop Action TNA. We now know and love as Impact Wrestling. 2002, Jerry Jarrett co-founded Nine Total Nonstop Action TNA with Jeff Jarrett, his son. Um, obviously, we know they've been, like I said, rebranded as Impact and uh, still rocking and rolling today. And in 2018, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So there's just a few little highlights of the uh, successful career um, of uh, Jerry Jarrett right there. And it sounds like my wife is home because my daughter's crying and everyone's screaming. Uh, uh, she took her whistle. You took her whistle? No, I told her quiet whistle. You know I can't hear? <laughs> she knows I can't hear shit. I've got ringing in my ears. I don't hear certain tones um, at all. But um, very sad, the passing of uh, Jerry Jarrett. 80? He isn't exactly the oldest anymore. I mean, people live way past 80 at this point. But um, very sad news to hear about Jerry Jarrett. So uh, obviously, rest in peace, Jerry Jarrett. And, um, you know, condolences to the family. Obviously, uh was kind of shocked to see Jeff Jarrett out there tonight on um, on AEW. But uh, we did see him tonight. I'm sure it took his mind off it for a while. And I'm sure we won't see him for a little while after this. Um, so there we go with that. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and roll on a little bit, folks. Sorry if I'm... Uh, I'm not trying to rush through things, but uh, I got more on my on my plate here than I thought I did tonight. But as usual, it still isn't going to take long. We'll get it knocked out here pretty fast, as usual. Um, but anyway, real quick, I don't want to get too deep into this. This is something that we've talked about on this show 
I talked about on THT uh, with Shaheen many a times with Shaheen um, about um, people waiting in airports for autographs. Uh, there was a gentleman waiting in the, well, let's, uh, <laughs> I use that term loosely. There was a guy waiting in the airport for Rey Mysterio. So there was an unmasked Rey Mysterio we have a picture of, and Ray told the guy that WWE wouldn't let him sign autographs and rejects the fan. Now, the guy has like, just from what you can see in this little picture, like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like 16 cards. I see four Funko Pops just on a table. I mean, this guy just expects him to do all this for free, number one. Number two, we, we've we talked about how WWE does have exclusive um, autograph uh, rights with a company, Fitz, I forgot the name, Fitz something is uh the company but they do have rights uh they they do have exclusive rights with a company to signing autographs so you know one autograph for a kid is one thing but this guy's really taking advantage in my opinion i'm totally uh team ray on this i don't blame him for telling the guy number one stop stalking wrestlers at airports at you know four in the morning getting awful flights to get autographs when you can just as easily go to a wrestling convention and get the autographs. Pay what you got to pay. This guy's going to resell half this shit anyway. You really think this guy's keeping all this for himself? Fuck no. Everyone knows he's not. Um, but uh, like I said, we talked about this back on the THT show, the hot tag with uh, Shaheen. He was extremely against these guys doing this. Sasha Banks used to complain about these guys creeping her out in, you know, places. Randy Orton has a, a, a creepy picture of some dude in a bathroom while he's trying to wash his hands, taking a picture of him. I mean, come on, dude. I'm, I, 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 man, we've got to learn uh, respect and restraint. I think those are two good words we need to learn. And, um, that's what we need to do. But I mean, this guy puts it out. Subscribe to my YouTube, my channel, my TikTok. The guy puts it out on TikTok. You know, at this point, everyone's just doing every little thing they can to get some attention from TikTok or social media. But let's face it, you shouldn't be following wrestlers into the it's waiting for them at the airport at four in the morning. You know, if you see them, you happen to see them, like I said, maybe a an autograph for a kid, maybe two. This guy's got like 16 fucking cards, four Funko Pops that we can see on the table. And he just expects Ray to, you know, take time, sign them for free so this guy can go make money off them. Nah. I'm totally on Ray Mysterio's side here, folks. 100% on Ray Mysterio's side here. Shouldn't be doing this. And I totally understand him saying, no, we don't, I can't sign autographs. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I totally understand where uh, where everything's coming from. Nothing we can do about it. But, uh, I mean, people are going to still be stalking these guys today, tomorrow, uh, next week, next month. There's nothing any of us can do about it. So, 
What are we going to do? Nothing. That's what we're going to do. What we're going to keep doing is uh, I keep just coming in here, throwing shit down, while closing the door, open the door, close the door, open the door, close the door. Anyway, my wife will try to get my daughter to bed at this point, and it should quiet down. I hope it does. Um, that's enough on that. Anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead here and move right on. Old Pat, I'm sorry, his name is spelled McAfee. Not McAfee, McAfee. I don't know. You can say his name how you want. Old Pat from SmackDown. Um, he's involved in a little bit of a lawsuit uh, here. Um, <laughs> he's actually involved in a lawsuit with Shannon Sharp and Shad White uh, with uh, against Brett Favre. Brett Favre actually said that all three of these men defamed him when talking about his alleged role in a welfare fund scandal in Mississippi. Um, all right, give me one sec, folks. Good. Huh? Good night. All right. Sorry, folks. I had to give the one kid a hug. Um, anyway, Pat McAfee, this was the other day, and Pat McAfee did uh, kind of, I'll say he addressed it. I'm not going to say he exactly, uh, you know, was happy about it, but he kind of joked about it. He said, I'm getting sued by Brett Favre. We made it, boys. I'm getting sued with Shannon Shop and an auditor by Mississippi uh, by Brett fucking Favre. Brett Favre is suing me in a defamation lawsuit saying I defamed his name um, to try and earn a profit. With this, I believe, comes discovery and depositions and all these other things. So I would like to let the lawyers who wrote me um, two letters before this thing got announced. So I looked at that and said, that's hilarious. Of course, we're not doing that. Put that down. Move on with my life. I would like to let anyone know the quotes that were in that lawsuit were certainly accurate. But there's one word I believe that was said often on this program, which was allegedly. Our job is to report the news at the time. It was allegedly going down in Mississippi with Brett Favre, the man suing me for money. We had to cover that situation. And we certainly said allegedly. And a lot of people were wondering how my lawyers were going to handle this. You know it. I ain't got him. So let's ride this fucker. I'm excited. See you in court. I got to be honest. I don't know a lot about this uh, lawsuit. But... <laughs> I just think it's so funny that he's just so nonchalantly like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. They can do what they want. They can say what they want. If he used the word allegedly, which I don't know if he did or didn't, he may, there may be nothing they can do about this. So I don't think uh, he doesn't seem to look like he's worried or sound like he's worried. I don't think he's that worried. I think he's uh, just going to let the lawyers take over, let the lawyers do what they do. And uh, have no issues in the, uh, caring about this. I don't think it's going to affect anything he does with WWE or anything like that. I think this is going to be kind of a non-issue um, very quickly. I don't think it's going to be a big deal at all. But, um, yeah. Again, I don't know a ton about it. I just wanted to bring it up real quick. I thought it was just, I thought his attitude towards it 
was the funniest thing. Just the way he's kind of like, eh, let's just ride this out. I'll see you in court, motherfucker. Let's do this. He just, just didn't give a shit at all about anything. So I thought it was uh, good stuff, and I just thought I'd go over it with you. You guys can always look up all that that went on with him. But anyway, we can go ahead and, as we usually do, we'll roll on from that. Um, Matt Bloom, NXT head trainer, Matt Bloom, confirmed that Oni Lorcan has officially retired from uh, in-ring work and has joined WWE exclusively as a trainer in the Performance Center. Um, there's Oni Lorcan right there. And Matt Bloom actually went on to say, uh, my position now as head coach, I oversee my coaches. I have an amazing staff. So I got to give a lot of props to those guys. Terry Taylor, formerly Red Rooster. Fit Finley, everyone knows. Robbie Brock Brookside. Norman Smiley, everyone knows. Steve Carino. Alex Winkler. And Oni Lorcan, Chris Gerard, who just recently retired from being an in-ring performer. Um, Johnny Moss. And we have a few United Kingdom coaches. Why did I? I can't believe I blurred that word united kingdom coaches that are on the cusp of being full-time coaches as well uh bloom said that on the real radio monsters podcast that was last weekend so if you were wondering what has happened to oni lorkin uh there you go oni lorkin formerly biff busick now is a full-time trainer in WWE at the Performance Center. So good for him. Congratulations, man. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. And uh, I obviously, I don't think anyone knew he retired until Matt Bloom kind of announced it. I had no clue. I had, hadn't heard about it, or I don't really think I thought about it, but hadn't heard about him retiring, didn't know, didn't really, didn't really ask. So <laughs> I guess that's something. Um, but congratulations to him. That's pretty cool. He's uh, now a full-time head coach. So, But speaking of some other things that uh, I guess we need to get into, throughout the past year, me and Smark have talked a little bit about MLW and WWE and MLW suing WWE kind of for antitrust lawsuit is what it kind of is. Um, basically ethics calling talent when they're not supposed to, uh, trying to basically trying to poach talent. Um, well, it sort of continues. It sort of doesn't. It's all in MLW's court right now. Uh, Northern District of California's U.S. District Court has granted WWE's request to dismiss an antitrust lawsuit that MLW filed against them back in January 2022. That's been a little more than a year. For some reason, I thought it was uh, a little less than a year. But anyway, so you heard that part. They did request to dismiss. They granted WWE's request to dismiss to dismissed 
to dismiss. I'm sorry. Why did I put that past tense? If they already dismissed, they wouldn't have to dismiss. I'm just going to confuse myself. Forget I said anything. Um, They did grant WWE's request to dismiss the lawsuit, but, 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 the court did find that additional allegations may cure the deficiencies outlined above. So that would have been in the actual uh, dismissal. So MLW has 21 days to submit and amend the complaint and appeal it. So basically, if they can, basically, if they can kind of make it like a kind of class action lawsuit, find some other people to make these claims or find any more claims, then they can possibly go on with this lawsuit. Like I said, this is really now in MLW's court if they can find anyone. If it's just them, uh, it sounds like they have a very weak case. Uh, We were never sure. We said this could go a lot of ways. MLW claimed they had all this foolproof evidence, and it seems like they really don't. If they're if they granted the dismissal already, um, and now they've only got 21 days, so it sounds like their case wasn't as strong as they thought it was. Uh, but let me read you a little bit more here, folks. After I take a drink from my throat getting dried out here. All right. In a statement to PW Insider, MLW owner Court Bauer said, Our legal team is already at work on amending the complaint. We have every intention to continue pursuing our case against WWE. Among their reasoning for initial dismissal, the court finds that MLW has not included submission facts to plausibly allege a relevant antitrust product market and that their allegations are insufficient to plausibly allege a relevant product market. In other parts of their reasoning, the court stated that MLW simply didn't provide sufficient evidence and facts backing up their allegations. So as we said before, they uh, filed this back um, when they were claiming that WWE pressured uh, third parties like Tubi, again, owned by Fox and Vice to basically abandon some contracts that they had in place with MLW and strain their relationships. Um, But as it's saying, I mean, we've been going back and forth with this thing. WWE, they're just such a, I mean, God, their lawyer is just such a force that, not a lot of people get anywhere with a lawsuit against WWE. I I think they're starting to waste their money at this point. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Read one more little statement. MLW includes a single allegation that consumers would have increased uh, access to higher quality professional wrestling entertainment content at lower prices. But for WWE's conduct, conduct, I can't read tonight, conduct, 
but it appends no additional facts to support this conclusion. The statement read, citing another case. They just don't have enough evidence. I guess they're going to dig for more evidence, number one. Number two, I guess they're going to try to find some people to glom on and do a little more in this lawsuit. But um, right now, it looks to be like this lawsuit. I I don't think this is going anywhere. I really don't. I think this is going to be one of those things that um, a year down the road, this may we may still be talking about this dismissals and appeals and all that bullshit um possibly but uh, i guess we'll have to figure out about all that bullshit so anyway like i said the ball is in the court of mlw at this point to see what they want to do they say court power says he's ready to go at it ready to go one-on-one with wwe i don't know why you would do this um, this is really wasting money. Like I said, I feel it is. But hey, who am I? I'm just a just a guy on a podcast, right? So anyway, um, let's get into uh, another little thing here. I I really only have a couple things left, and then we're gonna knock out AEW, folks. If this show only goes an hour, so be it. I'm exhausted. I gotta be honest with you guys. I'm Sleeping like shit lately. I don't know why. Well, we have a new puppy and she barks at every goddamn thing in the world. She was barking at Thunder the other night. Just barking at it. Not scared of it. Barking at it. Like she was going to scare Thunder. (laughs) Out of the way. Anyway. So, I know I don't talk a lot of WWE on here. But tonight we're going to talk just one quick thing. It's more of Vince Russo's story than a WWE story. Um, Vince Russo is really, really unhappy with me Yim and her little nickname of uh, Meechin. Uh, obviously, they, it means crazy. They tell us they'll tell you that more than once in an episode. So. He's really not happy with it. Uh, he was on Sports Kita, speaking on the latest edition of Legion of Raw. Russo completely, uh, it says lost his cool. Russo went apeshit over uh, the name, and he does, uh, this is what he had to say. I am now going to refer to her as My Chin, because what's that name again? Me Chin? That is horrible, bro. That is a horrible name. You're not going to have the WWE Women's Champion, Meechin. No, bro. It's a horrible name. There are a million horrible names on this roster. There's a million of them. That is a horrible name. And you know what, bro? That's nothing against the individual, bro. God, all these fucking bros. Bro, 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 bro. Um, <laughs> somebody is giving her this name, but she's got to say that's a horrible name because if you don't, if if you don't know what that name means, you're gonna have to keep telling me a million times. So there's Miyim as the Michin character, which is pretty much just her usual character. Um. <coughs> 
I think Vince Russo needs to really chill the fuck out. He gets so upset over the my minuscule, minute, little fucking things. Dude, it's a nickname. Who cares? Who really cares? Like, you've never had fucking some bad names? I don't know. Tell me more about nails and people like that. Come on, man. Calm the fuck down. Seriously. Um, I mean, this is just one thing. Uh, again, Vince Russo just has nothing better to do than just do his best to keep his name out there by just being a little whiny little pain in the fucking balls goes out there he pisses he moans about this little thing that little thing but it works it works the guy ends up in the fucking dirt sheets over little fucking bullshit i mean people are mostly laughing at him that's really what most people are doing uh but i mean his bullshit works uh, i love that the headline said uh, wrestling legend Completely loses his cool over Mia Yim's, uh, over Meechin, Mia Yim's nickname. Wrestling legend? Where the fuck, where, where, where the fuck? Where is he a wrestling legend? Yeah, David Arquette's a wrestling legend too, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure he is. Sure he is. Anyway. Vince Russo really needs to just calm the fuck down on anything. He's just way out of control at this point. Him and him and Cornette just keep going back and forth with each other. And they're both just trying to figure out who's the most annoying out of the two. Sometimes I think it's Cornette. Sometimes I think it's Russo. Cornette at least says things that make sense about wrestling. Unlike Vince Russo, who, you know, bitches, moans, and complains about a name. And it's just getting fucking old at this point. Um, but anyway, if you are a ROH fan, folks, look at this. Look at this right here. Ring of Honor, Tony Khan announced today that Ring of Honor will premiere on Thursday, March 2nd, right now only on Honor Club. Um, so if you've got Honor Club, you will be able to get this show. I don't have Honor Club, which means I won't be able to watch it. But, uh, hey, what are we going to do? Nothing really, right? Oh, not a thing. But, uh, hey, that's pretty good. Tony Khan has been saying uh, that he's going to do something to at least... Listen, if you start on a streaming, he starts getting a good following. Maybe he picks up more on the Ring of Honor's channel, uh, on the uh, Honor Club. Maybe a TV station does catch on to that, see that, notice that, which he'll be able to show eventually. So that's just a little something right there that um, Tony Khan has said that he wanted to get it done. And, you know, I know we're already in. February, he wanted to do it as soon as kind of when the year started, but I guess they were taping some things. And then obviously we had the tragedy with Jay Briscoe, which kind of made him film a few shows, which uh, I believe you don't even have to be a member. You can go on Ring of Honor uh, 
Honor Club right now and watch those and on YouTube. So anyway, um, so Debbie, uh, so we're still going to be talking about Tony Khan, of course, because we love talking Tony Khan on this show. Don't we? Don't we just love talking Tony Khan? Look at that. Look at this guy. Look how fucking cool he is. Well, we're going to talk about Tony and Nick Khan both. Here's a little side-by-side of the two. One, look at him. He's got slick back hair. He's got a little bit of stubble, perfectly aligned eyebrow to, to, uh, to, to, to nose ratio going on there right in the middle. Uh, then you got Tony Khan with uh, looks like he hasn't shaved in about, I'd say, two, two and a half weeks. Hair frizzy. Eyebrows look like mine. Common man. But um, anyway, I mean, we all know that they've got a little bit of beef going back and forth. Tony Khan seems to think there is a fucking war going on between them. Um, I will get to that in a minute. Uh, but he was doing an interview on the damn Lebertard. D- damn. Damn Lebertard. Dan. I know a lot of people actually were like, that's a Freudian slip. He is a damn Lebertard. Dan Lebertard show. And Khan, uh, basically, they were asking about what the origin of the beef was between the two companies. Khan was, uh, Tony was talking about a 2021 story about Nick Khan having talks with New Japan shortly after they began working with AEW. And in response, uh, basically, Tony was pissed off about it and referred to Nick Khan as being two-faced. Here's the exact statement. I called the New Japan executives and said, is this true? Did WWE call you and try to get you to turn on me? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, are we still doing stuff? Uh, The stuff we have planned, he recalled, because at the time we had a match set up for Wednesday Night Dynamite when there was going to be a New Japan title match in AEW. It was the first of many of those such matches. New Japan officials told Tony Khan that they didn't trust WWE and wanted to continue working with AEW. Ever since our relationship with New Japan uh, has been incredibly positive, Khan said, uh, this is Tony Khan, despite WWE's attempts to hurt AEW's relationships, Tony Khan affirmed that it's motivated AEW to work even harder um hat tip over here to uh wrestling by the way for that uh, transcript now since we were just a few minutes ago talking about the mlw thing and tony khan sort of you know saying these things that wwe kind of interferes in in the business a little bit I've got a little bit of a recording from that show. Um, I'll go ahead and play for you guys. I'm going to just grab my headphones. I'll put one little ear on the side here so I can hear along with you. But um, I do have a little bit of audio from there where Tony Khan talks about them kind of doing the same thing, contacting uh, wrestlers from AEW. So, all right, here we go, folks. I've had a lot of wrestlers come to me 
and alleged that WWE reached out to them to tamper with their contracts and ask them to break their contracts. I can't confirm that specifically. I can only tell you what the wrestlers have come to me and said, but I've had multiple wrestlers and staff report that to me. It was a very disturbing. And I've had to go out and try to put on good shows despite this alleged tampering and stuff like that. All right. So there you go. I mean, Tony Khan basically saying pretty much the same thing MLW was saying that WWE is tampering with not only going out and tampering with other companies, uh, you know, TV deals and things like that, but literally trying to, again, poach their talent. Um, It's, I mean, this is not the first time we've heard this, and I've said before, I really think this kind of stuff happens a lot more than we know about. I think it's now suddenly just coming to light because maybe of the MLW situation, maybe because of Tony Khan going out there and talking about what he's talking about and kind of getting through all that. But it's just kind of crazy that we were starting to suddenly hear all these stories when, like I said, I think this has been going on for years. Why haven't we heard about this a lot more? I don't know. But um, I don't see Tony Khan jumping in on a lawsuit with MLW. I don't think he'd want to risk the money. I don't think he'd want to risk his uh, reputation on doing it. So as far as Tony Khan jumping, you know, putting his billions behind a lawsuit against WWE with MLW, I certainly don't see that happening. But he's pretty, I mean, he's pretty much alleging some of the same things that MLW has alleged that a WWE tried to poach their talent. WWE tried to, you know, threaten to, you know, threaten TV deals by WWE threatening to pull out of TV deals if they put on MLW programming. So it is what it is, but I really feel like it's just been one of those things that is just gone on for years and is suddenly coming to light. So I don't know, folks, but uh, that's pretty much all the news I have. I got got done with news in about 40 minutes and take me a little sip. Oh, it's good stuff. So I do have another question for everybody. I'm old, my late 40s way closer to 50 than I am 45. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be 48 this year. And I got to ask y'all something. I know this is not going to be something really the uh, audio people can see, but Seth Rollins came out wearing these goddamn Astro Boy moon boots. What the fuck is going on in fucking this world today? Where people are wearing boots like this. What the hell is happening? He looks like fucking, he looks like he should be in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Christopher Lloyd, once again, we brought this up, we brought up the fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit last week, and look, we're bringing it up again. <coughs> this looks like some Who Framed Roger Rabbit shit, like he should be in, in Toontown. <clears throat> oh, my Lord. I, I, it, he's not the only one wearing them. I know 
someone showed up to the fucking whatever, the Golden Globes or Grammys with them on. I don't know what what show is what. I don't know about any of those award shows, but man, what the fuck are these things? And who the fuck would want to wear these? Look like a Budweiser Clydesdale. Although I would love to see Seth Rollins try to curb stomp someone in those fucking boots. Like two big fucking hunks of concrete. Just bam, popping right down on someone. Anyway, uh, y'all know Elimination Chamber is uh, this weekend. So I believe it's Saturday. I believe it's coming on Saturday. I don't know. Maybe if, uh, I don't know if this... Maybe I'll do predictions, blind predictions. I haven't really watched WWE. Maybe. It's not really, it doesn't really make sense to do them. I'll see. If, uh, if y'all want me to, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see. But anyway, I don't know what the fuck those are. And um, you'll never catch me wearing them. If I'm wearing them, it's for a joke. But I ain't spending no money on them. So it won't be me wearing them. I was just making sure Power Slap was off. So anyway, folks, I guess uh, on that note, I guess we can uh, get rid of everything from there and we'll get right into AEW. I mean, why not, right? Um, I know I usually put up people in the main event on my little sides of my Titantron here, my personal Titantron. But... um. Thought I would give a couple mid carders a little bit of a little bit of shout out here. Brian Cage and Jungle Boy had a match tonight that was I thought was pretty good. Um, crowd didn't wasn't completely crazy about it, but we got what we got. Um, Orange Cassidy though was uh, came out there first with Danhausen, just kind of get the crowd rolling and running around. But um, here comes the acclaim, so it's. The first match is the acclaimed with, with Billy Gunn, of course, and Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. Again, a little surprising to see Jeff Jarrett out there, but I mean, what is he going to do right now? One day, first day, I mean, all he can do is be with his family, which I'm sure he's, I'm sure most of his family's already there anyway. So, um, but anyway, uh, they come out. I love Sanjay Dutt's wrestling gear, the suit wrestling gear mix. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. I'm like, he's wearing a suit to wrestle. Then I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, that's like wrestling gear made into a suit. It's like suit wrestling gear. I think it's great. I think it's perfect for the character. And uh, I think it's great. Um, middle of the match, we get the guns. They come on down to the ring. They're standing at the top of the ramp. They're causing a distraction. Listen, this... I'm not going to say this was a good match. It really wasn't, I'm, 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 if I'm being honest. It was a few botched spots... A few very slow spots by Billy Gunn, who's slowing down in his old age. What can you do? Father Time gets us all, folks. Nothing we can do about it. Um, but it was a fun match. Even with the botches, it was a fun match. The crowd was absolutely fucking loving it. 
And um, Anthony Bowens gets the win here. And uh, as you can see, they kind of just taunted the guns afterwards. Come on down. Come on down. So, you know, that was it. But uh, like I said, uh, even with the botches and whatever was going on, I really thought this was a pretty a pretty fun match to uh, to kick off the show, which AEW always has a really good match to kick off the show. Um, and, of course, right after that, we had a match become official, which we all knew was going to be official anyway. But MJF versus Brian Danielson became official at Revolution, a 60-minute Iron Man match for... The AEW World Championship. Um, I guess the big question is, does Brian Danielson take that title from MJF? Could he? Of course. I'm not quite sure now is the time to take that off MJF. I really don't. I mean, it's not like he's lighting up the world. Uh, with it on, but is Brian Danielson going to really do much more with it on? I mean, it's not like he loves going out and doing television and doing this and doing that. Not that MJF does either. No one really wants him. I mean, but he still can do more. Um, I, me and Smart have both said the same thing before. Neither one of us feel that Danielson came into AEW to win titles. Really, both of us felt that he came in to probably help younger talent, not be a trainer, but be a sort of a mentor, like many wrestlers have been to him. Kind of be that uh that filter, that that guy that helps out everybody. What's going on, Christopher Kane? How you doing, man? Kind of a slow night here in the chat room, I ain't gonna lie. But um, glad you're here. Just going over AEW. I know you're just watching, so hope I don't spoil anything for you. Um, but yeah, this match here did become official, and I really, I really don't think Brian's going to take this title off of MJF. I don't think he needs to. I don't think he needs the title on this company for a long time. He just doesn't. He is so over without it. There's no reason to give it to him. MJF, one way or another, whether he cheats or something, definitely is going to end up retaining here in this match on March 5th. Um, but the match was made finally official. So we know what we've got now. Um, after that, we get uh, Moxley and Claudio. They're out there versus uh, Roosh and Preston Vance. We know Preston Vance, formerly of the Dark Order. And it's text tornado match. A text tornado. I'm I'm really not speaking well tonight. I got to apologize to y'all. I'm sorry. It's a Texas tornado match, and these are really are some of my favorite matches. I've said this since once again. I'm bringing up the old the hot the hot tag days, THT days. I've said before. I love these matches. You got all four in the ring. Basically, no rules. I. Love this style of match. I just think it's 
it's a controlled chaos when you've only got the four guys. It's not like a battle royal where it's a fucking free-for-all and a clusterfuck of guys. It's, it's controlled chaos. And for some reason, I really fucking love these matches. I always have. And like I said, I've always said that I have. I wish there was a whole goddamn fucking Texas tornado pay-per-view. I'd watch the fuck out of that. Um, I'm also the guy who said I would like to have some sort of beat the clock pay-per-view. I, I love those matches too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the challenge of it. The, the intensity of it, uh, anything else like maybe that's what it is to me. I just, I like the, I just like that. I don't know. It just, but I just like to beat the clock. I don't know. I mean, I would think a whole pay-per-view. I I think you could make a whole pay-per-view revolve around it. Wouldn't be an annual something you could do, but I think it would be a good special, maybe even a special SmackDown, I think for a three hour show, that would be too much. But I love those kind of fucking matches like that. Beat the clock, um, things like that. But I just love the challenge, the like adventure of it. I mean, it's like when I play slot machines, I prefer playing the adventure type slots rather than just a standard slot machine. I like the challenge. I like the adventure. I like ah, doing something for a purpose. I mean, I know there's a purpose to everything. You're supposed to be going for titles and this and that, but I just think that there's a, a, a an instant purpose. Maybe the instant gratification of it is is maybe what I like also. I don't know. There's many things I like about it, but uh, I love Texas Tornado matches. I'm kind of going off on a tangent there. I apologize. I really do love the... I did not know my wife with my dog in here. I saw something moving behind me. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me for a second. What the fuck is behind me here? Ah, oh, shit, folks. I think I need a. Uh, I think I need a, another beer after this one. <laughs> All right. But anyway, that's good. Let's let's get another one. Let's have another beer. Um, but anyway, we get back to this match here with, uh, Moxley and, and Claudio, uh, versus Roosh and Preston Vance. Really, I, I enjoyed this match. Now this match got started outside of the ring. Like most Moxley matches lately are getting started outside of the ring. No bell rings until we come back from picture in picture. And then conveniently the bell decides to go ding, ding. So. Um, we get back from the picture in picture. Uh, I saw that goddamn Cena experience commercial again. And we get back and of course, Moxley is bleeding. Okay. He's bleeding because it's John Moxley and it's Wednesday. Moxley blood Wednesday. We know Moxley is going to bleed because it's a Wednesday and he does. And he is. And we see a uh, hangman back there. And he's backstage. Um, but uh, we see the. Uh, we see. Uh, 
like I said, Hangman's watching the match on television. And suddenly, you know, we got uh, Preston Vance using this big fat chain. Moxley uses the chain and he picks up the win with it. Then we see Hangman backstage get taken out by the Butcher, the Blade, and Kip Sabian. So we get to wonder all night, is Hangman going to make it out to fight Kip Sabian? Or not? We don't know. But anyway, here's Moxley. That's later in the night. We do see Moxley again because they had to bring out Moxley. I don't know why. But um, what's left of the Blackpool Combat Club does take that match down. Uh, you see Moxley here, all bloody. Um, listen, it the week is not fulfilled unless John Moxley is bleeding on television, folks. I'm sorry, I hit my mic. Um, it's not this this my week is not fulfilled unless John Moxley is bleeding. So, I don't know, folks. I don't know what you think we can do about it, but. Uh, John Moxley bled, and I feel better about my week now. I feel like my week is complete, fulfilled, and I feel like I can move on now. I do. Um, we also see Cesaro's giant pepperoni nipples. But anyway, we can leave those alone, folks. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, this is uh, what's left of the Blackpool Combat Club. Are you still a club if there's only two people? Isn't that, uh, well, it is three people, I guess, because Wheeler, we did see Wheeler later in the night also. Um, well, we had old JR. We saw JR tonight. He was backstage with uh, Wardlow. Wardlow was backstage cutting a pretty, I wouldn't say he was cutting a promo, doing an interview. Um, kind of not even really an interview, just kind of out there. Talking about his life as a kid, talking about uh, his dad, and they show some pictures of uh, a young Wardlow with all these wrestling t-shirts on, so obviously he's been a fan a very, very long time. Um, And he starts talking about his dad and their relationship, and about his hair, and why he grew out his hair. Dad was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, didn't last very long, and in honor of his father, he grew out his hair. And when Samoa Joe cut off his ponytail, that was like taking a piece of his father away from him. I mean, I I liked this. I actually thought it was very good, obviously pretty heartfelt, pretty touching. But then, just like a, a, not long after this, we basically come back from commercial And it's like, bam, revolution. Here's the match. It's on. It's already on. Can we get some buildup? Can we get a little bit of, I mean, I don't want the match to be just because he cut the ponytail off. Even for the reasoning that Wardlow gave tonight, I still think it's a pretty fucking shitty reason. I don't think that's good enough reason. I don't. I mean, maybe to have a match, but not to go straight to a pay-per-view match. 
So I don't know. Is this for any of the titles? Is it for the TNT Championship? Yes, it is. It's for the TNT Championship. Is it for the ROH World Championship? No. Or the ROH TV Championship? No. Just for the uh, TNT Championship, which it almost, I mean, this basically makes Darby, who had the, the TNT Championship before, just look like he was a placeholder. A placeholder until Wardlow, who we find out did have a small nagging injury, until Wardlow came back, and then they're going to put the belt right back on Wardlow. So Darby was just a placeholder. Why not? Wardlow wasn't even gone that long. They probably could have left it on him. Maybe they didn't know how long he was going to be gone, but tonight's show wasn't the strongest um, wasn't the strongest show that they've had in a while, but um, we are going to see Samojo versus Wardlow at Revolution. So there you go, folks. All right. Uh, after that, let's go ahead and take this down. After that, of course, we get uh, Mark Briscoe out there, folks, coming out. Like I said, a they never said that was going to be the only time we saw Mark Briscoe coming out there. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm glad this guy is getting an opportunity to go out there and shine. Um, I know ROH has been on television for years, but they were never on at a really good time. They were never on a prime time. They were never one of the top two companies. Right now, he is on one of the top two companies able to shine on national television. And I love it for the guy. I really do. I'm glad whoever decided to change their mind and make the decision to let this guy go out there, uh, do it. I'm really happy. It's uh, it's a great, great thing right there. So we see Mark Briscoe. There he is right there. Um, and what a great pop for Briscoe, first of all. And, um, you know, during the match, we got Mark Sterling down there. His whole group comes down. They try, or like, they come down and try to distract and, you know, make Mark Briscoe lose the match. And here come the Lucha Brothers. Ray Phoenix, as Excalibur says. Uh, Phoenix and Penta, Pentagon. They come down, even up the odds. It was a pretty good match here. Briscoe, of course, did pick up the win. And, of course, right after the match, he kind of, Goes into the camera, pays uh, pays respect to his uh, to his brother, and uh, a good moment, another good moment. I thought this show had a few really good moments in here, but again, I really actually right before the show, me and uh, Dirk were kind of talking about it and um, just kind of saying that it just didn't really have the oomph the last few shows has. Um, Christopher Kane, I haven't really talked about Raw tonight. Only thing I talked about was Seth Rollins' boots. If you want to talk about the boots again, I'm down. Um, why is Moxley bleeding? Christopher Kane, it's Wednesday. I mean, do you really have to ask why Moxley is bleeding? It's fucking Wednesday, bro. It's Wednesday. Moxley's going to bleed. That's what he does. See? You can see the cut. We'll bring that up in a little while. 
<laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That, that, that's it, though. It's Wednesday. He's going to bleed. It's because it's Wednesday. I don't know. Anyway, after that, we get Renee Paquette with Adam Cole because, God forbid, a week go by and Renee doesn't talk to one of the Adams on this show, whether it's Adam Page or Adam Cole. She has to talk to an Adam one week, one one time every week. And this week it happened to be Adam Cole. Uh, she's back there with Adam Cole again, uh, talking about his tough road coming back to getting 100% back in the ring. Basically says he has a lot of good of, good intentions coming back when he does make it back. So I expect to see him probably... I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, Cody was sucking his own dick again on Raw. <coughs> Although that promo, Christopher, with him and with him and uh, Seth was pretty good. I did get to see some of that. That was pretty good stuff, man. That really was. Um, Cody just loves going out there and proving he can do these promos that are just all emotional and this and that. And let me, I mean, come on, he's come out there the last two weeks and done them, which means he's really probably sucking his own dick. Even off air, probably horribly doing it. Anyway, after a little swiggy, we get MJF's music hitting. And, uh, he comes down to the ring and he, uh, he bounces, he takes the chewing gum out of his mouth and he bounces it off of some dude's head. <laughs> I couldn't help but get a nice little chuckle out of that. I'm like, what a dick. What a fucking dick. But he did it. <coughs> um, anyway, he gets in there and he's talking about how uh, people used to these people just recently loved me and now they hate me. And he gets a shut the fuck up chance for that. He says he hates Brian because he's convinced the crowd that, that he's better than him, better than MJF. And MJF knows that's not true. He says the only reason that anyone should get into this wrestling business is to wear that world championship and be victorious um he says listen he knows brian's gonna give him a great match he knows it but no matter what brian does mjf will be victorious um then he says listen you guys don't 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 listen to me listen to a good friend of of brian danielson's and who does he bring out but Christopher Daniels, not enough Daniels going on around here. It's really fucking with my head. So it brings out Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels stands there for about 30 seconds. And then he goes, he pulls out this wad of this envelope full of money. And he goes, truth is, this guy paid me to come out here and talk shit about Dan Brian Danielson. And I ain't going to do it. Throws the money at him. <laughs> I loved it. Um, immediately outed. Uh, MJF for paying him the lie. Um, and basically, Daniels starts talking about, uh, you know, 
their career in ROH, how, uh, you know, how basically um, Daniel Bryan being in the ring with him when he was only 20 years old and how he hit him so hard. That's when he knew how great he was. Puts over ROH, says, without ROH, there may not even be an AEW. And you know what? That is a much truer statement than you may think. If you guys go back, 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 back to that first AEW all-in show. I think it was all-in, all-in. That first one, before it was even AEW. We know who who flipped the bill for that show. That was Sinclair and ROH. So that statement rings extremely, extremely true that without ROH, there may not even be an AEW. Those guys might have been able to put on some sort of show, but I don't think without the backing of Sinclair, they would have been able to put on the spectacle of a show that they did put on that night. I really don't. So I think that that statement rings true in a, a lot of different ways. Uh, Christopher wants to know what happened to Christopher Daniels. I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't notice his eye. I'm sorry. Probably just years of getting fucking hit in the head. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, that statement is, uh, extremely true. And like I said, in more ways than one, but Daniel and MJF, uh, Daniels and MJF get into a bit of a scuffle and they're pushing each other back and forth. And, of course, here comes uh, Brian Danielson down for the save. And MJF uh, skedaddles it up the ramp. So that was pretty much the end of that segment right there. We hear from the guns. Um, what the fuck ever? <laughs> uh, we've only been tag teaming for a year. I got to tell you something. That really doesn't make the company you work for look good. You might not have wanted to say that. I don't think it does. I think the fact they put it on such a green tag team actually doesn't look very good for the company. I know the whole give it, give the little guy a chance, give the little guy a chance. I don't think you. I don't think so. I don't think that was the best thing to do. But anyway, it happened. Um, what are you gonna do? We get Jungle Boy versus uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Brian Cage. I like this match. Uh, again, I, I I like Brian Cage, and I still say there's got to be something with that guy's attitude. I've heard, I mean, we've heard little stories about him being tough to work with, but listen, a lot of people are tough to work with um, out there in the wrestling business, but many people still work with them. I mean. Bray Wyatt was supposedly tough to work with. They brought Bray Wyatt back, but I know I'm going WWE and AEW, but I don't know. This guy has the build. This guy has the ability. He's got speed. He's, I mean, look at it. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can look right there at the picture of him. This guy looks like everything a WWE would want in a guy. Everything except the talking doesn't have a great 
talking uh, promo, but there's managers. Y'all got managers. Plenty of managers. Put Paul Heyman with them. Paul Heyman, by the way, I do recognize as my my tribal chief. He is a part of my tribe. He is my tribal chief. Oh, Jewish tribal chief, Paul Heyman. I recognize thee. I do, sir. Um, But anyway, we get uh, Jungle Boy does end up taking the win in this match. Crowd was really behind Jungle Boy winning the match anyway. Jungle Boy is going up the ramp and suddenly we hear Christian's music. We got Christian's arms still in a cage. Uh, Still in a cage. Christian Cage's arm is still in a cage. (laughs) Oh, God. Sometimes I'm a fucking idiot. Christian's arm is... Christian Cage's arm is still in a sling, is what I meant, uh, when he comes out. And he, you know, Jungle Boy kind of lunges at him, runs at him. And it only takes one arm, one hand for Christian to put his ass down. Puts him down, goes for his eyes, scratches the shit out of his eyes. Jungle Boy's on the ground selling it, and what does Christian do? He takes it off. He takes off the sling, takes off the brace. He's good to go. So, as we've all figured out, as I don't have to tell any of you, we obviously are going to get Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, versus Christian, which we were all waiting for something to happen um, as a next feud, which I don't have an issue with this at all. I think this actually could be a good feud. They were getting very personal in their promos to each other. So I think we could be in for some pretty good stuff coming up here. At least I hope we are. Um, but I think we could definitely be coming up with some, uh, some good stuff between these two. I don't know if they're still going to keep going for that, trying to do the, let's try to top each other, top each other thing, but we'll see. We will definitely see. So anyway, here we go. We're going to roll on, roll on. Um, Renee is in the back and she's announcing that there's going to be a battle Royal for the, three-way tag team match at Revolution for the titles. And the acclaimed come in and go, oh, no, 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 it's going to be a four-way match at Revolution. So now it's a four-way match at Revolution. Okay. Out of nowhere, they can just make matches. Who knew? Everyone can just make their own matches. It's AEW. No one gives a fuck. It's fine, dude. It's like fucking... You know, you go here, you do what you got to do. It's all right. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So we get all of the elite backstage. Uh, We get uh, their bullshit. They got the basketball still in their hands. And we get Top Flight and AR Fox. They show up. They want a rematch. Don Callis tells them to uh, go the fuck away like they were flies, shoe flies. But they keep talking shit. Kenny Omega gets pissed. And we have a match for Rampage between these guys. So, yippee, fucking skippy. All right. So, 
the match we were all wondering about. Is Hangman going to be able to come down and fight Kip Sabian? Well, he was. We have Kip Sabian in the ring. A little too much guy liner on him. But anyway, let's not bring that up. Kip Sabian's in the ring with Penelope. I can't even say her name. She's so hot. Penelope Ford. But again, you're not sure is Hangman going to make it. And he came down to the ring like nothing happened. Like it was just another day. Not to worry. Don't worry about me, folks. I'll make it. I'm sorry. My uh, armrest just fell off my chair. My armrest just came off my chair. Fix that later, I guess. Anyway, put that to the side. But, um, yeah, so uh, Adam Page comes out like nothing happened. Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. Boom. Match goes on. Oh, right here is where my internet decided to take a little mini shit. Um, I came back. We were in picture in picture. Um and pretty soon after the, they came back from picture in picture, Hangman gets the win. So again, what's left of Blackpool Combat Club come on down to the ring. And they're going back and forth with... Um, right, Moxie's going back and forth with Hangman. <coughs> Eventually, Moxley <coughs> tells Hangman, well, you don't even have any friends here. Dark Order's music hits. Man, I haven't heard that in a long fucking time. It's been a while since we've heard Dark Order's music, folks. It really has. So here comes Evil Uno. Uh, Really, Dark Order is down to Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. That's it. No more. That's it. Preston Vance we saw tonight with a different group on his own, so not there. Colt Cabana is with ROH. It's all CM Punk's fault. We know that. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. Um, but that's it. That's all that's left. So they come walking down with Evil Uno. Evil Uno just walks right in the ring. And Paige is like, I told you to stand back. Evil Uno's like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and he gets right in Moxley's face. They start kind of pushing each other. Uh, Evil Uno kind of gives them a little face smush. And uh, they get right in each other's face. But eventually Moxley just looks right around him, like straight through him at Hangman and tells Hangman that Revolution, Texas, deathmatch. So there you go. But then next week, we get uh, Evil Uno versus Moxley on Dynamite anyway. So, again, a little not completely making sense here. But we did get to see Moxley's little, there you go. There's Alex Reynolds' hair, and there's Moxley right there. You see the cut right there on the left side of his forehead. Uh, I mean, blade job, maybe some super glue on it. Might go the old... I believe if anyone goes the Sabu route, it would be Moxley. I really feel that. Decent little segment here. 
really was. I thought it was a pretty decent little segment here. I didn't have any issues with it. Um, backstage, we get uh, JAS, Jericho Appreciation Society. They're telling Ricky Starks, no more. No more rematches with Jericho. But Daniel Garcia will be glad to take on Ricky Starks Friday on Rampage. After that, we get um, Tony Schiavone backstage with a finger quote injured, injured Stokely Hathaway. Uh, he said that Hook injured him last week. Uh, Christopher Cade says there's a lot of thigh slapping. Dude, that reminds me. I would keep meaning to bring up that guy. I keep forgetting. He, I forgot his name. But he does these indie wrestler videos, like what you would see at indie wrestling, indie wrestling versus Jack Vaughn. Jack Vaughn is his name. He's an indie wrestler. But all his videos, he makes fun of the thigh slap. He's really funny. I don't know if anyone's ever seen him. If you haven't, check him out. Jack Vaughn is his name. I believe it's Jack Vaughn. I think I got that right. I've recently found his videos and I fucking laugh my ass off at him. I don't want to play one. I'll probably get in trouble for it. Uh, by YouTube, not by anyone else. Um, but anyway, there you go. Um, that was that. So really from here, folks, we get right into the main event. I mean, there's really not much to get into here but um it's tony storm versus ruby soho versus dr Britt baker dmd um <laughs> Britt baker and uh or i'm sorry tony storm and soraya come walking down to the ring and uh, uh tony storm sees a Britt baker sign tears it up soraya drags the girl out Puts her against the barricade. Didn't really hurt her. And um, Ruby Soho's music hits. Ruby Soho comes out. She checks on the girl. I don't think we should worry, folks. I'm sure that wasn't just some random girl they pulled out to the barricade. But eventually in the match, you get Soraya interfering. And she goes in the ring. And suddenly we see Tony Storm get in the corner. The opposite corner of Britt Baker and bend over. Suddenly, Soraya is spray painting Tony Storm's ass because we know she uses that move where she puts her ass in your face. Uh, me, please. One, please. One. See for one. Uh, anyway, um, so she paints her ass and she does the move, but uh, that's it. Gave Ruby enough time to get into the ring and Britt ends up, or I'm sorry, Ruby ends up printing, pinning, printing, what? Beer. Beer. Ruby ends up pinning Britt Baker. Um, so out of nowhere, you get like Soraya and Jamie Hayter. And they're just, as you can see, in the ring screaming at Ruby Soho. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Like she fucked up by winning a match. Soraya slaps her. Ruby's getting ready to snap, y'all. She's about to snap. She is. I think they're getting there. 
So we will definitely see. Uh, I, you know, they're kind of pulling this. Hey, you're not a, uh, you're not an AEW original. You're one of us. You're one of us. So you know, you got Soraya telling her to wake up. You got Jamie Hader telling her to. She's just tired being pulled in both directions, as Excalibur said tonight. And I, I see where he's going with it. Um, Ruby looking great tonight, though. I, I don't know what it is about her. Why I, I think she is so hot, Ruby Soho. And she looks like she'd be the coolest chick to just like hang out, drink a beer with. You know, she'd sit there and drink a beer with you. Probably, you know, drink you under the table, do a few shots of whiskey. Just kind of chick I feel like she may be. I don't know. Feels like she might be that kind of chick, though. Um. Anyway, nothing really happened. Basically, they just yelled at her and left. And Ruby stood tall in the middle of the ring and uh, just kind of teased the crowd for the show to go off the air. And really, that is how we went off the air with Ruby just kind of sitting in the corner and standing in the corner, you know, getting a good, a good, good, uh, good applause from the crowd. And that's pretty much it, folks. I really, I got nothing else. I mean, that was it. Not a lot of news happening right now. So I think I kind of got as much as I could, dug up as much as I could. But um, that's it, folks. I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get the fuck out of here. I'm going to head on out for tonight. I appreciate y'all stopping by. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, I'll get this show put up, uh, tomorrow when I get back from work, I'm probably going to go sit, watch a little TV, relax, which I don't really get to do tonight. I got home at six 30 tonight. I had 30 minutes before I'm on central. So I had 30 minutes to, Eat, get everything settled, and turn on wrestling. So when I don't give these completely detailed reviews, I apologize, folks. I'm really not trying to skip over things on purpose. I really, it's, my wife has the scout thing usually on Wednesdays, and she goes to that. So I'm here watching my daughter. I'm trying to watch my daughter, watch wrestling, take notes, get the show ready. And, you know, and, and, and eat and get this done. And it's tough, but, um, I do the best I can folks. So I hope, uh, I hope I do okay for everybody. Um, if you enjoy what I'm sitting here trying to do, Go ahead and slap that little like button on there. Subscribe. I could definitely use more subscribers, folks. Tell a friend to subscribe. I don't care if they listen live. Tell a friend. Um, and you can catch us more than just on YouTube live. You can catch us over on all the audio ones like iHeart, uh, uh, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it. We're over there. But uh, definitely appreciate all you guys coming on by. Christopher Kane. Thank you for uh, coming on by the chat. Go ahead and finish, man. It wasn't the, the uh, I didn't think it was as strong as the shows that we've seen in the past, maybe four, five weeks, maybe, but I definitely enjoyed watching tonight. There were times where I was like, "Ugh, this is kind of dragging, but um, I thought it was a good show overall tonight for AEW. And uh, that's it, guys. We went over a good amount of news, went over this. 
And uh, we will see if we can get Smart back here next week. I thought he was going to be here this week. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know you can find him over on um, Inappropriate Sports over there with Cheese. Cheese Man over there. And uh, hey, guys, don't forget to also check out, since I'm talking about other shows, don't forget to check out uh, Everything Unscripted with Eric, Doug, and Daniel. They do all kinds of different shows over there on Blog Talk, not on just wrestling. They talk wrestling. They talk TV. They talk movies, music, everything you can think of. They've got a show about it. So cartoons, go over, check those guys out. And um, I haven't mentioned him in a while, but uh, Anthony over there on the Weekly Detour, him and Teddy Grahams, go over and check them out. Find them anywhere you find podcasts, I believe. I don't know if he finally got on um, Apple or not, but uh, I know you can find them on Spotify. Start there and go from there, folks. But uh, Christopher Kane, you have a good night too. Everybody who's going to listen, I hope you all have a good night. hope you had a good night. And uh, I will definitely be back here, at least me. I'll at least be back here next week. Um, So you'll see me or you'll see me and Smark, but you'll at least see me next week, folks. And uh, I will see you. I know I have not done Hollywood Hangout in a while. I will. I'm so sorry. I really want to start. I've been watching a shitload of movies, so I definitely want to go back to doing it. Uh, it's just been very tough. I had a, I'm not even going to get into what's been going on, but it's been very tough um, doing the shows lately on Sundays. Um, but anyway, folks, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Just thank you. And uh, on that note, as I usually say, See you next week, and of course, 